In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My text for Lent 1. The devil doesn't carry a gun. The devil carries fast food, cheap appliances, and bad television. It's a line from one of my favourite films, Children of the Revolution, a comic portrait of the rise and fall of an Australian Union official who turns out to be Joseph Stalin's love child. You have to watch it. <laughs> the devil doesn't carry a gun. The devil carries fast food, cheap appliances, and bad television. I suspect that the deep-rooted temptations which Lent reminds us to dig out and deal with are not the things that some of us routinely bring to the confessional, nor probably are they the things we articulate to others or ourselves as our weaknesses. The daily temptations of human life for most of us are not grand temptations to acts of random violence or infidelity. They're more like eating the wrong apple, aren't they? We've all done that. They are sideways nudges to easy ways and shortcuts through things. Ordinary muddled thinking, good enough self-justification. Although the temptations offered to Jesus seem grand, this is what they're really about too. Shortcuts and pointless cheating. Children of the Revolution, the film, is predicated on the primacy of human values over those of states and systems. Stalinist communism and those who naively believed in it in places like Australia are gently mocked. The temptation I won't resist this morning is to share my other favorite line from the film delivered by Stalin himself. Never underestimate Australians. <laughs> they are not as silly as they sound. <laughs> Children of the Revolution is a film about the importance and tragedy of the human relationships which dash themselves against ideologies in the lives of its characters and the ordinary madness which follows. Not as spectacular as becoming, say, a suicide bomber, but far more common. Hence, the devil doesn't carry a gun. The devil carries fast food, cheap appliances, and bad television. A line written and delivered long before the advent of reality TV. We are frequently and imperceptibly led astray by beguiling and soulless, homogenizing influences which detract from our own history and civilities. The expenditure of our time, money, and energy on dross is, I think, the greatest temptation of our culture and our age. So what to do? Jesus offers us a lifeline this morning, an answer to his third temptation, and that's an excellent starting point. He says, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. 
So you're all halfway there, aren't you? Well done. You've made the effort to come to Mass this morning to worship God. Now comes the sting in the tail. Serve only Him. Well, we can all say we're trying to do that, but we also all know we're going to fail unless perhaps we temporize. It depends what you mean by serve or convince ourselves that serving only God really means doing what we already enjoy, like High Mass at All Saints Margaret Street. <laughs> Not worshipping in the sense of giving ultimate priority to other things, like fast food, cheap appliances, bad television, will certainly help us. For the devil is the prince of easy things at others' expense. We're really talking here about something very old-fashioned, Conversion. Not as in going forward at a Billy Graham crusade, but as in conversion of life. It's a whole of life project, both qualitatively now and quantitatively the whole span of our years. Our baptism and confirmation committed us to that lifelong project. And that's the real point of Lent to get us back on track in the repeating patterns of our lives by challenging us to an annual reappraisal and spiritual spring cleaning before we celebrate Easter, the great feast. St. Albans Abbey, the cathedral of my last diocese, offers its congregations what it calls an annual spiritual MOT in Lent, a one-to-one -one conversation with one of the clergy to help reset our relationships with God and the church. And it's an excellent idea. Well, this year here, there's only me, isn't there? Not a team of canons. But I am prepared to give it a go if any of you wish urgently to talk through where you're up to on your spiritual path. And perhaps next year, if people are interested, we could work that up into something more systematic. Many of you, I know, have already had an hour with Father Adam Atkinson, during which you've no doubt solved all the problems of our parish and its future. <laughs> but perhaps, having got a taste for that experience, you might now like to have another conversation to see what you can do about your own path. Of course, it needn't be with me. If you have a spiritual director or someone else to talk to, Lent especially is the time for self-examination and recalibration. If I do get any response to this offer, I will organize some times, but you may, and you may not even need to talk to someone else to do this. It does help, though, usually. In my opinion, that sort of conversation is a more useful exercise than Lent groups because it's about you. It's about where and who you are now in relationship with God. Groups are good for extroverts and, to a certain extent, for head stuff. But I find they can also be a very good displacement activity in which we avoid examining who we are deep inside. And that's the point of Lent, who we are with God. It mostly isn't about resisting the temptation to commit murder or massive fraud. It's about challenging fixed ideas, easy readings of others, shortcuts, 
which damage ourselves and them, about leaving behind whatever is for you that diabolical banality. The devil doesn't carry a gun. The devil carries fast food, cheap appliances, and bad television. 